COVID-19 Vaccinations in Long-Term Care, a conversation with the West Virginia Healthcare Association's Pam Metter. On this episode of our podcast, we're talking with the West Virginia Healthcare Association's Pam Metter. Pam serves as the association's Director of Regulatory Services. In her role as Director of Regulatory Services, Pam's work focuses heavily on policy and survey review, as well as helping member facilities navigate challenges in the healthcare field. Pam is a registered nurse and has worked in long-term care for over 30 years. Prior to working for the Healthcare Association, Pam worked for more than 10 years as a project coordinator at Quality Insights, where her work focused on quality improvement assistance to long-term care facilities. So welcome, Pam, and thank you for joining us today to talk a little bit about how the COVID-19 vaccine impacts long-term care facilities. Okay, so to get us started, why is it important for nursing home employees to get a COVID-19 vaccine? Long-term care has been the hub of the COVID-19 issue, and I call it an issue because that's what it's been uh, for the last couple of years. Because we deal with a population that is, you know, very clinically complex their immune systems are already depleted and many of the deaths and many of the extreme illnesses associated with COVID-19 is in long-term care. And when you look at the, when you look at the data and you look at the past before we had any vaccinations, and then you look at now the curve for the COVID-19 um, the COVID-19 infections and deaths has went down dramatically. So, I mean, you can't argue with that kind of science. Uh, the, the vaccinations have been proven to be impactful. They've been proven to help the residents and the staff and families, and not just in long-term care, but in the entire community. The vaccinations have been proven to be safe and impactful and effective. So, it's important that long-term care staff really review the information and make an informed decision on getting the vaccination. Uh, It's there to help save lives. I always refer back to um, polio when the polio vaccination was developed and our parents received the polio vaccination unbeknownst to what in the future, it would do, it would cause kind of like this one. We don't know. You never know what it's going to do in the future, but they saved our generation by doing that. So hopefully, hopefully folks are, are able to look at it, realize that it is, it is something that has been scrutinized as any other vaccination has been and the importance of, of protecting our residents and our, our families. Um, next question, do you feel incentives should be offered to those in the nursing homes that have not been vaccinated? I'm a huge proprietor of incentives. I love incentives. I love positive feedback. I love positive encouragement and, you know, to offer it to those who haven't gotten it yet is a wonderful way to get people to do it. But I also think we need to offer it to those who have stepped up, went forward and said, yeah, we're going to do this to to help our communities, help our residents, help our facility. 
Um, I, I think incentives are extremely important and it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be monetary incentives and it doesn't have to be pizza parties either. It can be anything that um, encourages those within the facility to realize the importance of becoming vaccinated for their coworkers, for their residents, for their staff, other staff members, that kind of thing. So incentives are extremely important. It could be, you know, there's so many things people and people like, you know, being recognized. They like being recognized for the good things that they're doing. They like to be empowered in the decision-making process. You know, an incentive could be something like, bringing the leaders and you know who they are within your facility, bringing the leaders into your facility, into your a group. And you've got a housekeeper and a, a nursing assistant and a physician maybe, or, you know, a business office leader, all of these leaders within your facility and saying, okay, this is what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to raise our, our um, staff vaccination rate to 75%, which is what, the the nationally CMS and CDC they're really wanting us to push towards is every facility at 75% or greater. So you bring them together and you ask them, you know, here we are, we're at 60%. What are some ideas that we could get people to become vaccinated? And let them give you some ideas. Let them give you some some and there's no such thing as a bad brainstorming idea. Let them brainstorm. Let them come up with solutions and ideas, even if they're ones of the ones one of the ones that are not vaccinated. They could tell you why not. You know, there's lots of reasons why they could not be. And you might not you just might assume you know what their reason is. But their reason could be something that you can help bring it back to, well, I will consider this again, because you let me know that that's not the case. That's not the way it is. Um, there's so many things, and, and I know we're going to talk about, um, I'd like to talk about social media a little bit later, but we need to, we need to be more trustworthy. We need to be more honest, and we need to be more um, forthright with our staff than anybody else is anywhere. Otherwise, we're not going to we're not going to um, give them the facts that they need because I'm not going to say influence them. We don't want to influence them. We don't want to make them change their minds because we want them to change their minds. We want them to change their minds because they've changed the way they're thinking and they've changed the way that they believe for whatever reason. Um, and that should be that should be the goal. But back to incentives, I do think incentives should be, and it just depends on your staff and who they are, what they want. They might love pizza parties. They may love money. Who doesn't? But, you know, you, you have to, there, there should be incentives involved in some way, shape, or form. The next question kind of touches on, I think, where you were wanting to go with social media. How does misinformation on social media impact staff vaccine hesitancy? Um, social media is, it's a wonderful way to, to communicate and to get in, you know, get in touch with folks, but it's also a very strong way to communicate misinformation. And I'm not going to, you know, there's a couple of things like, for example, um, people are asking, have you put a magnet where you got your shot and the magnet sticks? Has anybody gotten that? And if you did, which which vaccination did you get? 
um, implying that in the vaccination series that there is a um, like a tracking device or or things put inside the the, the vaccination. Um, but that's one of the things that people really latch on to. And they think that if if this vaccination is a a way to absolutely control people, people aren't going to want to to do it. So we've got to focus on these things that social media is saying, and we have to uh, we have to either find the research to prove that it's incorrect. We have to find the information that dispels why is that not possible? Well, you know, for one, it's a multi-dose vial. How do you know everybody is getting a microchip except just, I mean, there's just so many reasons, scientific reasons why that's not possible. So um, social media also, there's a lot of people on there who know a lot of things. These, these keyboard warriors, these people who know everything, um, tend to garner a lot of, of uh, support and they get a lot of attention. And we as leaders have to not disparage these people, but counteract with some messages of our, uh, our own for vaccine support. We have to show them why, you know, it's, it's, this is the reason this was done it, or that was the reason people talk about, for example, how quickly the vaccine was was developed. And that was one of my big questions, to be honest. As a clinical person, I was a little concerned about how quickly it, it was like, oh yeah, here's COVID. Oh yeah, here's the vaccine. Look what we did. And that's not something that's that's happened in the past. And I had to go and research a little bit. And what I found out was there's several steps to getting a vaccine approved. And they, they have to do those steps one by one by one. And what they did, what the government did was they got rid of that red tape and they said, okay, if we can do these three steps at the same time, that's what we're going to do to get this vaccine out of here. We're going to not shortcut on them, but we are going to do these three steps to get those, this vaccine out there. So we need to communicate that kind of information to our staff. Because when they say, I don't know, it was awful quick, they, they, they sure don't know anything about it because they rushed it through. We counter with the research. We counter with, well, here, read this. It has to be in what's not really layman's terms because, you know, your staff has some clinical knowledge and your clinical expertise, but it does have to be in a way that they understand it. And that when they go on to social media and they read some of this stuff, they're able to then counter what they're saying, well, okay, yeah, but this is what I've heard. Tell me about what you think about this. And a lot of times that sways a person into the, the, onto the track of um, the research instead of the hearsay. Yeah, good points. Um, next question, how can we help our team members through explaining the science based on their level of understanding uh, the vaccination processes? I was just talking about talking to folks on their level 
It's important to do that with your residents when you're explaining explaining their diagnosis or a, a test or anything, but it's also important to explain the vaccination on the level that this person will understand. And you need to make sure that you're not condescending to them because that's that's you know that's not something that they're going to take. They're going to stop hearing everything you say. But if you show them the research in their terms, they are going to be able to take that knowledge and apply it to their situations. Um, they're going to be able to take that knowledge and say, okay, they say that this the, the vaccination is safe for uh, the elderly population and it's helping reduce the number of COVID positive cases and it's helping to reduce the severity of the, of the variants and the COVID positive variants. But you show them numbers or even better picture graphs that show, okay, this is where we are. This is where we were at the beginning. This is where we're at now. And show them the numbers. To me, that would be a very impactful way to put the research into the education without making them understand X and Y graphs and this, this you know, mean and, you know, an outlier and all of that stuff. They don't need to know all that stuff. They need to know the basic facts that vaccinations improve the, the quality of life and the quality of care for our residents. And there is a lot, CMS has tons of vaccination graphs out there that's already, it's already being um, published. And you can also use these graphs and things in your QAPIs to show how you are influencing your staff to take, to, to agree to take the vaccination. You can use these, these to show that you are not just, you know, giving them the EUAs, the uh, emergency use authorizations and going on down the road, you are really truly using the research and really truly using the science behind the vaccinations, not just saying, yeah, it's the thing we need to do. Um, so the next question asks, do you believe the vaccines will become mandatory in the future? I haven't heard anybody say that the vaccinations are going to be mandatory through legislative measures or through, you know, like government type um, rulings. Um, there are private businesses and, and certain healthcare industries that are mandating the vaccination for their employment within their, um, you know, within their company. And that's, you know, that's their right to do that. They can absolutely uh, mandate it if that's, and if people who don't want it, don't want to work for them, that's, you know, that's their business. And that should be as we are, you know, free to make those decisions. Uh, it's, it's a very tough thing to make a vaccination or any type of medication um, mandatory so I, I really, in my, and this is my personal opinion, it might happen tomorrow. I don't know. But my personal opinion, no, there, it's, there's not going to be a mandatory legislation for that. Um, the next one, are there more barriers for healthcare workers than the general population? 
No, I believe it's quite the opposite. I believe that for staff working within long-term care, the barriers to obtaining a vaccination has been, have been depleted. They're, you know, they bring it to the facility. They, you would get it at your facility. You get your second shot if necessary at the facility. There's, you know, lots of, um, there's lots of, uh, barriers in the community, like finding the vaccination, going back, especially for the elderly with transportation and all of that. I believe the barriers within the facility are less than it is in the community. Okay. And um, where can we go for solid information about the vaccines? Um, there are so many places to find information about the COVID-19 vaccination, anything COVID-19, really. Um, one of the best places is, of course, the CDC. Uh, if, but you've got to be careful when you Google this stuff, because a lot of times you Google something and it will be a, uh, an ad and it will take you to a certain site that's not really the CDC or it's not CMS or it's not, you know, it takes you to a separate site that's not research-based based information. So the CDC is fantastic to find information on, especially under the long-term care tabs. Um, quality Insights, the QIO, like I told you, I worked for the QIO for 10 years, and they have some of the most up-to-date and best information that you got at your fingertips as um, working with Quality Insights. You can call one of the project coordinators and they will help you with anything that you need help with. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful tool in your toolbox. Um, you've got to, you've, you've got to contact them and get, and get to know them and they will help you tremendously find resources, tools. They'll talk with you about, use their expertise on certain situations that you have. So Quality Insights is a fantastic um, uh, research and, and tool for you guys. Another one is our association. We're West Virginia Healthcare Association. Um, we're a uh, we're we're based on membership, but um, I'm available to help with questions. I'm available to help with uh, locating certain policies, procedures, things like that. And the West Virginia um, Department of Health and Human Resources has an entire page dedicated to West Virginia regulations and policies and procedures, not just for long-term care, but for uh, the whole healthcare continuum. So if you have a question about dialysis, you can go on WVDHHR in their COVID section and go to the dialysis section and find the information that you're needing. So, you know, CMS is the one that gives us our, our regulatory information. So for example, just like the state, their definition of an outbreak for West Virginia is one positive resident or three positive staff. Well, CMS's definition is one positive resident and one positive staff, new positive. So, you know, even though West Virginia has that, we have to go with CMS since they are our regulatory body. So those little things are the stuff that your experts can help you with and make sure that you're in line with. Pam, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and, and you know, the expertise and knowledge that you bring to the topic. It's always uh, anytime. I always fun talking to you. Y'all too. Y'all too.
And thank you to our listeners of this podcast. You can check out our other interviews in this series on COVID-19 vaccinations by visiting our website at www.qualityinsights.org.